This episode of The Way Home Podcast is brought to you by Christ-Centered Parenting, a six-week video curriculum from ERLC and LifeWay. For more information, visit LifeWay.com. Well, if you've ever clicked on a satirical headline titled something like, Treasure in Heaven Revealed to be Bitcoin, or... Satan sprinkles a few more stegosaurus bones across nation to test Christians' faith, or homeschoolers suspended by spending three days in a backyard tent. Chances are you read that on a site called The Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee is a fun and creative website started by a couple Christian comedians. What I love about The Babylon Bee is it always makes me laugh. Sometimes it pokes fun at people that I'm glad it's poking fun at. Other times it's poking fun at people like me or people in my tribe. And I really appreciate the way that it does sort of a bipartisan criticism. Well, today on the podcast, I have Babylon Bee writer Kyle Mann here to talk about the method for writing comedy, what their mission is as Christians producing satire, and what they think about fake news. They're out with a new book called How to Be a Perfect Christian, your comprehensive guide to flawless spiritual living. I think you'll enjoy this fun conversation with the creator. One of the, I think you'll enjoy this fun conversation with Kyle Mann. Kyle, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, it's good to be talking to you. I'm a huge fan of the, of, of the work that Babylon B does, and just find myself reading your stuff probably every day and having a good laugh to start my day or in the middle of the day or something like that. I just want to chat a little bit about how kind of the mission and the vision of Babylon B, how it got started and, and how you guys, you know, approach satire. Yeah, we uh, we were founded about two years ago, March 2016. My friend Adam Ford, you know, he has a, he had a, a web comic going mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of launched just with that following that he had and just announced it to them and, and it took off immediately just super viral and just went, you know, took off right away, uh, kind of exploded. It, it became a day job overnight for him. Um, I started writing for him pretty much right away. I, I uh, just submitted a few pieces and he and I really hit it off in terms of how we like to, uh, you know, how, how we look at things and, and uh, worldviews and the tone of our satire. So we do news, we do Christian news satire. So it's, uh, you know, done in a very dry a news reporter e uh, <laughs> kind of a voice, mm-hmm. and uh, and just to comment on you know we do Christian culture, uh, theology, worldviews, uh, secular culture, current events, so kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, I think sometimes what's funny is not <laughs> not everybody understands what satire is. So mm, yeah. you guys still probably get a lot of like, is this really true? Or you know the whole thing with um, Facebook. Uh, shutting it down because of Snopes, I thought was pretty interesting. But I'm guessing you guys get criticism too. For you know, it, it strikes me that we all love the Babylon Bee when it's skewering the people we don't like, <laughs> but when it hits yeah. close to home, we're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm sure your criticism, you get bipartisan criticism, probably right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's like no matter what you go after, there's somebody that's upset um it's hard because i think a lot of people don't um don't understand really what the purpose of satire is or what it's what its place is um 
people kind of think, oh, satire is is just mocking, or it's just it's just fake news, or it's just mean. Um, you know, satire is often, and I, th I think most often, and probably best done when um, we have, you know, the, the writer has a respect for and an understanding of that which it is um, satirizing, that which the piece is satirizing. You know, so uh, so satire is is humor, but it's humor with a purpose, and so we're trying to point out a tendency, or you know, we're exaggerating something to make a point. Um, and it's, it's, you know, most often done in love and respect for, for the subject. So, you know, people kind of, no matter what you, even, even if, you know, I write a piece or Adam writes a piece or someone else writes a piece that's, that's satirizing our own position, you know, people are like, oh, this is, this is horrible, or this is a, this is a straw man argument, or this is mocking. But I, I think a lot of times people just don't get that, that that's kind of the point is that it's supposed to, um, it's supposed to exaggerate and it's supposed to. Uh, it's supposed to help you look at something in a more lighthearted way that maybe you can step back and say, yeah, maybe I can go too far or, or have too, too much of a tendency in this direction or that direction. Yeah, it's almost like satire can make arguments that regular arguments can't make. One of the things that is so good about Babylon B, besides making us all laugh is uh, and laugh at ourselves, which we should do more of, uh, is holding – sometimes it's it's almost like a mirror that – we can hold up to ourselves in a in a very sort of tribalized world that we don't realize. Man, I'm so into my own group here that I don't even realize kind of what we're what, how we're being heard by the outside world. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I would I would say it's a it's you know one of those mirrors at the carnival, yeah, you know, the, the funhouse mirror that uh, that exaggerates and blows up and distorts, and then you can you can kind of laugh at yourself and say, yeah, I know that my gut really isn't that big <laughs> in yeah. a regular mirror, yeah. but. Maybe sometimes I act that way. So let me ask you this. Is there one story that you guys wrote that, uh, I don't want to say, what's your most, what's the one that's gotten shared the most or the, 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 the most amount of page views, but is there one that you maybe are known for more than others if people think about Babylon Bee? Um, yeah, anything that gets, uh, anything that, that ends up getting like um, going viral outside of uh, you know, kind of the evangelical subculture, uh -huh. um, and especially getting mistaken for real news. Um, <laughs> those are the ones that tend to just go bananas. I think one of our most viewed is we had a Joel Osteen sales luxury yacht through flooded Houston to pass out copies of your best life now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was, that was right when Houston, you know, right after Houston had the, the hurricane and the floods. And I mean, it just, uh, and I think Joel Osteen was in the news too, because p people were criticizing him for maybe opening or not opening the, the, uh, the Lakewood church for refugees or for uh, yeah, flood refugees, people who were displaced by the flood. Um, and I don't even know if that ended up being true, but it, you know, it was just because he was in the news at that time and the, the, uh, flood was in the news and then the take obviously was kind of satirizing prosperity gospel, the philosophies that say, you know, just kind of lift yourself out of your own, uh, yes. <laughs> lift yourself out of, out of your own problems yeah. with, uh, with my book, you know, or whatever. So that one went crazy. And I think that one ended up on Snopes too, with people thinking yeah. it was real. And yeah. I'm, I, I see actually a lot of just even people who aren't Christians or journalists and other people forwarding your stuff just because I think it's so good. Let me ask you this. There's an art to, uh, I think there's an art to writing humor and uh, an art to comedy that it it's actually a lot harder to execute than it appears. So if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, talking to people who 
are thinking about writing satire? What are, what are some tips to writing good satire? Um, well, like I was saying before, it's, it's definitely the number one thing is to understand what you're satirizing. So, you know, have, you know, I've, I've probably learned so much myself just over the past couple of years writing for the Babylon Bee. Um, just, mm. you know, I you know, we, we'll see something that comes up. That's a topic of discussion and it's like, Oh, I, you know, we should write something on this. And then you go research and I'm reading, you know, real articles on it for a long time, trying to, to get a sense of the thing before you can, you know, satirize it. So that's, that's number one. Um, I think having, um, uh, understanding very clearly what point you're trying to make is important, you know, cause just writing, you know, something, uh, crazy that somebody did, you know, you're making up something crazy that Joel Osteen did or John MacArthur did or something, you know, that's not, it's not really satire unless there's, unless there's a very specific point that you're making about that person or about that worldview. Um, so, so being very, you know, I, I'll even write down, I'll even get a notebook and write down, like, um, you know, I'll kind of do a brainstorm and write down, here are some elements of that thing that we're satirizing. And then I'll write down, like, you know, here's the point that we're trying to make about mm-hmm. it. And then you start blowing things way out of proportion and just letting your mind go bananas with it. Um, so th- I mean, th- those are definitely a good place to start. Yeah. And w- what I think works about Babylon B too, is that we're in a, we're in a headline culture where, where I think you win people. I mean, the content of the stories is really good, but I think you win people with perfectly crafted headline, like, you know, yeah. people that are scrolling Twitter, checking Facebook, the headline alone makes people, people laugh. How hard do you guys work on those headlines? And that must be a, a big part of what you're doing. Oh yeah. I mean, so that's the other, that's the other fun thing that's about writing, you know, and, and it's just, I think a lot of good art comes from setting a limitation on yourself or, you know, having to work within a particular framework. And so for us, it's, you know, our joke has to be hilarious and it has to land in the headline. Um, you know, we get a lot of people that are, we get a lot of people that will send in submission ideas, you know, readers will send in ideas. And most of the time it's like, well, that's not actually a joke or that's not, you know, or maybe that's a funny observation, but it's not a headline and it, or, you know, your article might be funny, but the headline is not funny. (laughs) And so it's, it's so interesting to be like, I have to make a really good point. I have to make it in like 70 characters. And also, you know, we, we want people to click on the article and actually read our content, you know? (laughs) So it also has to be a funny enough idea where someone will read the headline and then go, you know, all oh, this is hilarious. Let me see what the rest of the, the you know, because we try to pack our articles full of funny jokes and, and references and content that people would enjoy. But then so many people just, you know, like you said, headline culture, yeah. they just read the headline and, and move on. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciate about the way that you approach it is that you really, there are really no sacred cows. And so, you know, you could read a few of your pieces and think, oh, these guys are a bunch of like Calvinists because they're skewing these people. But then you might read another day and think, oh, these are these people are a bunch of, you know, not progressives, but these people are a bunch of whatever because they're skewering Calvinists or they're skewering conservatives. And I really like the fact that you kind of spread all fields. Is that intentional? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, when Adam founded the site, one of the things he noticed was that, you know, pretty much the only one doing satire out there is The Onion mm-hmm. um, as, far as, as far as news satire on a daily basis. It was mostly The Onion. There was a few niche sites that were doing it, but... 
and uh, and they came from such a you know a particular worldview, mm-hmm. you know, and so we didn't want the Babylon Bee to be oh well we're going to do the you know we're going to do the conservative version of that, but we wanted something where okay well we're uh, you know obviously we're Christians we're writing from a Christian worldview, but we want to be able to do something where one post can just absolutely destroy you know <laughs> a, an assumption on the conservative side, mm-hmm. and then the next one comes along and. And really takes progressives to task when in, in a time when the onion's not doing that and would not have done that, uh, you know. Although I think recently we've noticed that they, <laughs> you know, they took took some cues from us and are are doing more of that. But yeah, you know, we definitely, you know, I, I don't think you can really have legitimate or good satire unless you you are doing all sides. Mm. And one of the great things, I mean, Christians, evangelicals, however you want to kind of categorize us. There's a lot to criticize about our our movement, but the one thing you can't say is that we're we take ourselves too seriously because you know we're very self-critical. I mean, I think it's healthy for us to be able to critique our own tribe and to critique ourselves and laugh at ourselves, right? Yeah, and and I think I think the assumption or the the um, kind of the stereotype of conservative Christians, evangelicals, um, is that we can't laugh at ourselves. You know that. We're, you know, we always take everything so seriously. And so because of that, I, I do think that there's been some pushback on that in recent years. Um, and I, I think we've kind of helped, hopefully we've helped move that along a little where people are willing to say, well, look, a lot of the, a lot of the things that we believe are like super serious and are, you know, they do have eternal implications. And so we have to be serious about those things and we have to take a stand on those things. But a lot of you know, parts of our subculture are not, <laughs> you know, they, they don't have any uh, eternal value. And I think it's helpful for, for us to use satire to separate the sacred from the uh, from the silly. Yeah, absolutely. And not only are you guys entertaining people every day with, with uh, excellent humor and satire, but you're out with a new book that's called The Babylon Bee, How to Be a Perfect Christian, Your Comprehensive Guide to flawless spiritual living, uh, which is really good. And I heard you say somewhere else that this is not just like a bunch of Babylon B stories packaged in book form. This is all fresh new content, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, right from the, you know, obviously a lot of times a blog or website gets real popular and the next logical step is like get someone to bind that sucker in a book and <laughs> yeah. and push out your top two or 300 articles into a coffee table book or something. You know, uh, what we wanted to do for our first book was uh, write a piece of satire that would be as powerful, you know, 10 years from now as it is today, where we're not just pulling headlines and or looking at something that happened and, you know, and doing a two or 300 word piece on it and kind of compiling that. We wanted something that was an all in one narrative that kind of takes you from step one to step 10 of being what we call a perfect Christian, which we define as, you know, a Christian who's conformed to all the different, um, all the different assumptions and uh, all the different little uh, legalistic roles that we build up inside the evangelical subculture. Mm. One of the things that I love here, there's a chart uh, that you have, and this just this is really great. You know, having grown up uh, in the church all my life, uh, hearing all these phrases, and you have this um, sort of handy guide. Like, here's a Christian phrase, and here's the English translation. I'm just going to read a few <laughs> that I that I love. Uh, one of them is, "I'll keep that in prayer, brother." 
That's the Christian phrase, and the English translation is, I have no intentions of praying for you. In fact, I've already forgotten what it is you were going on about. Why are you still talking? (laughs) Um, Or uh, this one is one I heard, you know, when I was in high school and college in in the dating scene. Uh, You'd hear this a lot. I'm just really focusing on dating God right now. And the actual English translation is, I'm not interested in you, but I don't want to hurt your feelings, so I'm going to play the God card right now. Uh, And there's just a... Um, <laughs> this one's really funny. I'm just waiting on the Lord right now. And the English translation is, I'm still living with my parents. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Um, and I, I just think this is so, so great, a way to just sort of laugh at ourselves. And what is your hope with this book? Well, um, you know, so our little satire pieces that, that, uh, you know, on the internet are, they're easily easy to read and share and, and people really enjoy them. Uh, but I think a longer piece that we can do, like, you know, you know we did a couple hundred pages of sat there, all, all kind of uh, cohesive, um, you know, step one through step 10. And we really hope that uh, at the end, you know, you sit down, you, you know, we all know the feeling of sitting down and finishing a good book. And you kind of have that few minutes or a few hours or whatever of reflection where you're, you're coming down off the high of reading that book. And we really wanted to to kind of leave that lasting impact. Um, and the message that we're trying to get across is that, uh, you know, our own man-made legalistic rules for how to practice the Christian faith are really just a house of cards. And, you know, we trust in those things and we build them up on top of the, the Bible when really our, our, our rule for faith should be the scriptures and should be the, the gospel of grace that we're given where we don't have to try hard and we don't have to do all the right things and listen to all the right you know, Christian music and consume all the right Christian entertainment in order to be, uh, in, in order to please God. You know, so we want, we really are kind of attacking that, um, that kind of nominal Christianity that follows all the rules and regulations, but doesn't know mm. the gospel of grace. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. And it seems like woven in here as you're reading this, you know, v- very good humor, the one goal of good humor is to get people thinking. I mean, after, after you stop laughing to start thinking, and and hopefully that'll provoke conversations about the gospel with people who are searching. I really like this. I'm going to read this. Seven essential truths of the gospel. One, you are amazing. Two, God really needs you on his team. Three, God is love and has absolutely no other distinguishing attributes. Four, Jesus died for your temporary comfort and security. Five, did we mention you're amazing? Six, the God of the Bible would never do anything you would personally disagree with. Seven, those who conform to cultural Christianity will be justified. So, I, I mean, I just, it's, that's hilarious, especially if you've been in the Christian circles for a long time. But it also makes you think, okay, what is the gospel? Like, if these are parodies of it, what is actually the gospel? And hopefully that'll encourage people to, um, to seek that out. Yeah, and, and that's what good satire does is it kind of, you know, you, you can read so many pieces on what the gospel is. Um, and there's so many great books and websites out there that are, that are on a daily basis reminding us of the biblical gospel, you know, but it's easy for us. And that's not, it's not a fault of the websites or the books, but it's easy for us to get desensitized to those things. Mm. And, you know, you read so many pieces on it and you're like, yeah, I get it. And satire can kind of shock you out of that apathy, you know, by, by coming kind of coming at it from the side Mm. and, and you don't expect it and you're, and you're laughing. And then you're like, Oh man, you know, that's, that's really true. And I've never thought about it from that angle. One of the things I like that you do, I think it seems like, you know, to me, good comedy 
threads that needle to where you are poking fun, you're doing satire, but you're you're not just completely cynical and you're not being cruel to people. How do you how do you think about what's too far? Or how do we do this in a way that doesn't cross the line in terms of cynicism, in terms of cruelty? Kind of what are, are there things going on in the back of your mind as you're editing pieces or as you're having pieces submitted or as you're writing pieces? Yeah, I mean, we definitely want um like like we said, you have to you have to love and understand what you're satirizing to satirize it. And so we want um, like when we're satirizing the church, we want our love for the church to come through, you know, and it's, it's a very thin line to go, you know, oh, we're absolutely going to blast um, churches that, you know, that really focus on, you know, experiential worship where you, you have to have the fog machine and the laser lights and, and all, you know, the perfect worship band in order to experience uh, true worship. So we really want to blast that assumption or that tendency in the church, but we want to do it uh in, in order to suggest that there is a better way that we can be doing church, you know, so we have to, we have to make clear, make explicit, if not in the headline, then somewhere in the piece that like, you know, obviously using kind of subversion and using satire to go, Oh, maybe, maybe what they're trying to say is, you know, this, this um, implementation of how we're doing things in this way is not correct, but there is a better way. Um, so I think cynical satire, and we do see a lot of this from like the onion, even though I love the onion, you know, they're, they're, they're so funny sometimes or whatever, but you know, sometimes you look at something that the onion writes and it's like, this is just cynical and it's nihilistic and it's not suggesting, you know, there's a better way. It's just saying that there's no hope. (laughs) And so we never want our satire to come off like that. Like, Oh, there's no hope, uh, you know, or the church is illegitimate or Christianity is not legitimate. It's, it's not saying religion is silly or belief in God is silly. It's saying, you know, this expression or of worship or this way that we try, that we try to uh, live out our Christian faith is, is insufficient. Uh, what are some, outside of the work that you guys do, I'm sure you're, you're consuming comedy or you're watching comedians or reading stuff. Are there any that, for you personally or some of the folks on your team that, that really enjoy, you really enjoy? Yeah, uh, comedy that I like, uh, my favorite stuff is like super dry like almost not even funny humor. <laughs> I love uh, I love the, all those mockumentaries like uh, This Is Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, uh, Best in Show. You know mm. all those great Christian works of comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I I just love that like where you watch it with someone who doesn't really have a, a sense of humor and they're like, what is this? Like I watch those things with my wife and you know she's like she you know she has a sense of humor but she doesn't get those dry comedies and she's just like why do you even like this it's not funny at all you know (laughs) so i I love those kind of offbeat uh that that offbeat stuff actually one of the inspirations for our book was c.s lewis's the screw tape letters um which i think is like one of the funniest books i've ever read Mm. and i was explaining it to a friend and like oh you got to read this book it's so funny and he reads it he's like it's not funny at all what are you talking about like, you know, he's like, I like the book, but it's not funny. And I'm like, no, the, you know, it's so ironic. And so, you know, there's so many funny contrasts and, and you know, uses of irony and mm. exaggeration that just cracks me up. So I, I really I like that kind of really dry, almost British uh, sense of humor. Yeah, that's that's really good. I'm not a comedian. I, I don't write humor, although I try to be funny with people around me, but I don't know if they think I'm funny. But um, <laughs> I actually enjoy listening to interviews with comedians that are really yeah. good. 
because uh, one of the things I find, I li- like for instance, I love uh, comedians in cars getting coffee and oh, yeah. some of those, uh, just hearing comedians interviewed about the craft of it, of, 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 uh, of comedy, because I think it's just so fascinating, the kind of work that has to be done and the mindset. And really with comedy, I, I don't know if it's so much this with writing satire probably is, but at least with stand-up comedy, like you're, you're putting yourself out there to, you know, it's either going to land or it's not going to land. Do you, and I'm curious when you're crafting comedy, if you're thinking that way too, that it's it's every time you do it, it's, it's kind of a risk. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I just published a post right before you and I started talking, uh, study average father, average father spends 97% of his time running around the house, turning lights off. And <laughs> like, that's, that's an experience that I've had, you know, mm-hmm. and that I had growing up. And you're like, this is hilarious. I think this is really funny. And you're like, you could publish it. And people are just like, what? Like, I've, I've never had that experience before. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so you're total. you know, it, it, it's doing well right now. It looks like, you know, people are liking it. But, you know, sometimes it goes the other way. And you're like, you know, we'll, and especially we'll do ones we put a ton of work into. And we'll do like a really, uh, really complex Photoshop for, we'll spend hours on it. And you put it up and it's like, yeah, nobody liked that one. And, you know, and, and it, I, I don't know. And it's funny because it's like if I if I think it's funny still and I, I'm like, that's a legitimately good piece of satire and I don't really care if anybody likes it, <laughs> you know, then I'm still cool with it. Mm, yeah. So you've had pieces that you've worked on really hard and you're like, man, it didn't really land. People didn't care. Has there ever been a piece – I'm not saying you don't work hard on every piece, but has there ever been a piece you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. I, it might be a little funny. That just went nuts and you were surprised at how crazy it went and how viral it went. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's ones where you're like, that's kind of silly. Yeah. And, and then you do it and you're like, wow, that's crazy that he went. So I, <laughs> yeah. the, the one that, the one that we got in trouble with Facebook on Snopes on was, uh, really silly. It was that, uh, uh, you know, CNN purchases industrial sized washing machine to help, um, <laughs> to, to help spin the news, you know, and I, I think I, I just, I slammed it out in like two minutes and then Adam <laughs> edited it, threw together a, you know, a, a little, what we call a janky Photoshop, threw it up. And then like, you know, the next day we're like on Snopes and Facebook is warning us to stop publishing fake news. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just crazy. You know, so yeah. of course I got a ton of, ton of hits from people that are like looking into this whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's, it's so funny when you see what hits and what doesn't, it's such a, such a weird, like art form that we don't, you know, that we're always grappling with. Yeah. Do you ever worry about, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking right now about the proliferation of fake news and what's real, what's not real. And what is satire's place in that conversation? Yeah, we thought a lot about that. You know, um, obviously fake news intends to deceive and literally just, just put something together so that people will be tricked and, and uh, click on the website you know, and we're not trying to deceive people. We're trying to illuminate, you know, we're trying to, um, we're trying to inform people based mm-hmm. on, uh, based on a, what is effectively a fake story, which is just a really interesting tightrope to walk, you know, that if you go too far to one side and you're like, this is really believable, then, you know, then you've probably failed. But if you go the other way and it's too over the top, then it just comes off, you know, not, not funny, not close enough to reality. So we're always trying to find where that edge is between, you know, reality and satire. Um, 
So yeah, there's a, you know it's, it's it's just an interesting thing to see to develop in this era of fake news, trying to write satire that that uh, informs people. Yeah, that's that's really good. Well, I think you guys do really great work, f- funny stuff, and actually serve the Christian community in ways that perhaps um, people don't realize. And so, really appreciate you coming on, Kyle, to talk about the craft of uh, of uh, writing satire and kind of the the mission of the Babylon Bee. I want to encourage people to check out this really funny, but I think uh, also has a really good mission. It's called the Babylon Bee, How to Be a Perfect Christian, Your Comprehensive Guide to Flawless Spiritual Living. We'll have a link in the show notes, but thank you, Kyle, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you're a parent, as I am, Undoubtedly, you're facing questions about how to explain issues like sexuality and gender and technology and race and identity to your kids. It seems like the world in which we're raising our kids has gotten a little bit different than the world in which our parents raised us. How do we tackle these important questions and train up our kids to love Jesus and love the Word and to live on mission in their day? Well, the ERLC and Lifeway Christian Resources has teamed together to bring you Christ-Centered Parenting. This is a unique six-week video curriculum that is specifically designed to help parents, youth pastors, anyone in a position of influence over children to really help answer those difficult questions that our kids have. We brought together experts from around the country, including Bible teacher Jen Wilkin, Pastor Ray Ortland, Dr. Russell Moore, Trillia Newbell, and many others to sit around a table and to really think through some of these difficult and important questions. It also comes with a very comprehensive study guide that is age-graded for each level of your child's development. So I encourage you to check out Christ-Centered Parenting from ERLC and Lifeway. You can go to lifeway.com or your nearest Lifeway Christian store to purchase your copy today. Thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please let us know by writing a review on iTunes. You can catch previous episodes on danieldarling.com. The Way Home is produced by Gary Lancaster and scheduling by Marie Delph. The Way Home is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention.